This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good evening everyone and welcome to the Tilton Talk Show, it's Monday night again. Sponsored by Small Affordable Cars, I'm Paul Hickes. And I'm Claire Giblin, and tonight we've got a jam-packed show. We're joined by the American man himself, Mark Meredith. Good evening, all. The main producer extraordinaire, Chris Brown. Of course. Good evening. Craig Courtney, couldn't think of anything else, Todd, to your name. Good evening, with you. I can't think of anything nice to say, you know, I don't say don't say it at all, but you know. Um, Alan Watton. Good evening, everyone. My new away day pal, Mark Rowe. Mark Adams. Hello, everybody. You're right. (laughs) And we're joined by a special guest tonight, Marcus Painter. How are you? Good evening. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) The Blues. So we pick up two nice two ones in the space of a week. Two one wins, obviously at home to Hull in the Cup last week in the replay. Uh, last minute winner from Koji Miyoshi, which was wonderful, and then the uh, that beautiful performance at Stoke. That's we've got our Blues back, haven't we? That's that's what we want. That's what we want to see. Hundred percent from every single player, taking more of our chances when we're getting them, scoring good quality goals. And at Stoke, I mean, both goals were just top class, weren't they? And Bakuna's free kick reminded me of Beckham against Greece, but. As we've got the face and voice of Blues TV on here tonight, we'll start with you, Marcus. Tell us your thoughts, mate. On let's go with. I mean, I don't know if you saw. Did you see anything of the Hall game? Start with the start with Hall, and then we'll go into Stoke. I actually didn't see that much of the Hall game. Um, obviously, due to my commitments in the uh, in, in the academy with the under 16s we was we actually found ourselves away at Sheffield United, so I didn't see much of the Hall game. Um, but um, yeah, obviously, it was. It was a great result, wasn't it? You know, when when you kind of see us go one 0 down, and and then in the past we've kind of didn't really feel feel you with, with much confidence that you could come back from uh, going one goal down. I suppose um, that's how I've always felt. Um, probably not the best outlook to have, but that's just probably based on this season, really. Um, but then obviously, yeah, to come back and and, and score two goals in that whole game and to get through to the next round was perfect, wasn't it? To to set up a tie away at, at Leicester where we've what, sold 5,000 tickets 
I mean, that's unbelievable, that's isn't it? Incredible. And it's, the FA Cup's a, it's a great it's a great time for any fan, and if you can get on some kind of cup run, it really does build some excitement. So um, obviously, really difficult fixture there, but one to look forward to. And and then obviously Saturday, I mean, um, yeah, no, really good result more than anything. Um, I think you know probably looking at it, I think Tony Mowbray probably want a bit more control in the game. Um, but at the same time, when, you, when you're playing away from home, you, you have to expect that the opposition are going to have their spells and they're going to put you under pressure. And we stuck to task really well. Look, we thought we defended so well as a group, not just not just a, a back four and goalkeeper. You know, you, you've seen the likes of um, Dembele tracking back in Stansfield in and around our box at one stage and, you know, trying to make clearances. And albeit that nearly resulted in a in an error and a goal but then thankfully went up the other end and put one in the net for us so um, yeah I thought it was a really pleasing pleasing result and you know, it's great great to see isn't it I mean since Mowbray's been in the club he's had such oh, a positive yeah. effect in a short space of time so perfect yeah. start yeah what do you think the biggest differences are obviously I know Rooney was trying to get us to play a certain brand and trying to get us to play a certain way which we all know didn't really work with the players that we had but other than that is there anything else that you think Marcus that's the biggest difference from you know in, the, in such a short, short space of time it's hard to say isn't it I mean sometimes you know if, if, if you're looking at the two side by side one's got bags of experience the other hasn't more so in, in times of coaching so I always think that has a big part to play in it um, you, you know whatever job or trade you're in whatever it be you can't beat the experienced experience that goes with that um, yeah. so that that's bound to have had some kind of effect and you know I think they they call it the the manager new manager bounce don't they and, yeah. and that effect yeah. Yeah. whether 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 it got to the point where some players felt it it needed that new voice in, in the change room I don't know I mean who knows what the actual reason is but um, whatever it is it's it certainly worked um, I know through you know some of the ex ex pros and pros that have had Tony Mowbray through their careers. They said one thing that one thing that always sticks out with them is his man management skills and getting the best out of players. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think when you when you think of manager the best managers, most people think they tick all boxes. Um, and realistically, you don't always have to do that. You know, you, that's why you have staff around you that can do areas you're not so good at, maybe. Um, mm. And, and obviously one of Tony Mowbray's key areas from what I'm hearing some of the lads say is that yeah he's just a real good guy and you know wants to get to know every player and, and wants the best for them so sometimes that can just go a lot, that can go a long way even before you get to the tactical side of the game and the coaching methods and styles so yeah it's um, uh, you know obviously I, I haven't I've never really come across him too much myself personally obviously played against him over the years and um, against these teams but you know the, the first team are over at Epic now over at Henley and Arden so from an academy point of view we don't really get to see too much of the first team train but you know they're, they're always welcoming if we do want to go and watch so um, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 can yeah. I can I ask what happened to Wayne Rooney's manager's bounce <laughs> <laughs> it, it, just always work. Work. it just didn't work did it it didn't work and uh, again, it's, it's always hard to put put your finger on the actual reasons. I mean, everyone sat here will 
will have their own opinions on why it didn't work. But I, I, I don't, I don't know either. But you know, I think when it gets to that point when you know that the crowd starts turning on the manager and you know result, you're not getting results. It's t- it's tough. I mean, players will players will always question a manager when when things aren't going right. Maybe not to his face, but I've been in dressing rooms where players will get together and be like, "What he's telling us to do is not working here." And you know, it, it's not a nice environment when things are going like that. You know, you don't really want a blame culture, but unfortunately, when when we're in such a high pressure um, situation like like first team football is, then people do look to point fingers and. Nine times out of ten, when it, you know, when it goes wrong, that it's the manager's fault. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, that was that was the case, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claire, I'm going to come on to you next because I know on Friday we sadly lost one of our own, didn't we, in the rain? And uh, just going to come on to that if you don't mind, Claire. I know that you've met. Yeah, Lorraine. Um, I just want to say we're going to dedicate tonight's show to Lorraine. Um, she was a massive part of the Blues family, home and away. Um, I met her a few times. She was always happy. She was always, she's definitely one of us. Um, so just sending all our condolences to all of her friends and family as part of the Tilt and Talk show. And she'll never be forgotten. And she's definitely a true blue. So rest in peace, around. Massive blue. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I'll come to you next, Mark Meredith. How are you? And uh, what did you think of the game on Saturday, mate? Yeah, good. You know, I didn't. You didn't ooze world class, did it? But we did the. You know, we got the performance that we wanted. We got the performance. We got, as you said earlier, we got our Birmingham back. Um, mm. you know, we've got, we got a hardworking team. Majority of this team is obviously still the John Eustace team that we 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 talked about in the past. That are hardworking with passion and love and desire. And we lost a little bit of that under Rooney. And again, like Marcus just said, nobody really knows the reason for it, but. It seems like we've we've now bought that back um, in the last four games. Like even when you know Spoons was in charge of one, and then three games under to, under Mowbray, and there's been a whole different feeling both on and off the field. Now, obviously, watching it on TV over here in the states, I didn't get to see the whole game um, because it wasn't on. I got to see. I watched the game Saturday. Just watching the fans behind the goal was you know the excitement of that again. Um, you know, going on to the whole game it's a, another late goal this time a winner which you know another late goal after the Swansea late goal JJ scored um, which shows that we're now pushing you know right to the end of games um, two really good goals on Saturday you know Stansfield's taking his great and Bakuna's free kick you can't really get any better than the, you know the quality of that so um, no it's pleasing you know the players are playing back to their strengths um, as Marcus said we've got a a manager that is very knowledgeable about the game. Um, from what I hear from my coaching friends, um, you know, great man management skills and very down to earth. You know, we lost that in Rooney. And I, and I thought, talked about it before, I thought maybe a bit of arrogance in the way Rooney was. Um, but again, we'll never really get to the uh, the end, the bottom of that. But we, we move forward and I'm really enjoying the journey in the last uh, three games. And, you know, long may it continue. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Christian Bielik at, at centre-back as well, rather than defensive midfield, didn't do too bad, did he either? I thought he had a decent game at centre-half next to um, Sanderson. Yeah, I, I think he did. Well, he done well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he, I, think he's, he's, I think from my point of view, I think he's probably had an arm around his shoulder a little bit. You know, he struggled a little bit under Rooney again. 
Um, Mowbray's coming back into the door. He's probably spoke to all the players, but he's probably said, listen, we're going to try you in a different position. Mm. Um, you know, he's filled him with the confidence and belief that he can do that. And for me, I think Shane, uh, um, I think Long is probably still the best centre-back that we have. Uh, yeah, I... we'll take the two right now if they're going to do the job. Yeah, early comment coming in for you, Marcus, from Pete Taylor. Can you ask Marcus if Cristiano Ronaldo is still in his pocket? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's you know that's the probably one of the the only times that he's probably ever been subbed against a nineteen-year-old from Birmingham, isn't it? <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I, I I always say this to people when they say, "What was it like to play against Ronaldo's?" Maybe I'm doing myself a little bit of a disservice, but. You have to remember when, when I played against him, he'd just come to Man United and he was in the stage where um, he, he had very little end product and he was getting criticised for that by his teammates and um, and I think the supporters at the time from what I hear, but he, he was quite, he would do a lot of dancing around the ball and yeah. not really, not exactly running at me. So um, it made things easier than, than what you see, you know, in years later where he's absolutely destroying defenders so I was lucky enough to catch him at a, at a good time I think so yeah <laughs> can only, he can only do as good as you let him mate absolutely that's it I've got to admit I'll, I'll never forget that the the one moment um, up on the cop side and we both had a shoulder to shoulder and I got the better of him and he went flying and I remember the, the cop just went wild and I thought <laughs> oh jeez I wish yeah. I wish I could have the footage of that Um you know, like even my own boys don't believe that I played against him, but you know, it's one of them. I, I can't really show them because, as I say, I've got the footage of it, but yeah, yeah it's a great, be... great memory. Good times that for the club be... as well, not just me. Sorry, mate, that must be on YouTube somewhere. I would have thought. Um, you know, I think you what, can get what was the result of the game. Was it 2 2? Um, was it the 2 I think it was 2-1, yeah. I think we did lose that one. I know I played against them yeah. twice. One we drew, one we lost. So I'm not sure which one it was. Okay. Yeah. Well, certainly yeah. the 2-2s two on YouTube because I've seen it many times. Yeah. All right, I'll have to have a look oh, at that then later. Pandiani scored it, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that was right, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, well, yeah, it's Pandiani, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, Mark Adams, on to you next, mate. Talk us through your day on Saturday. I know you was there as well, so... Yeah, yeah. Was, well, on well, like... Went on the bus to Stoke? No, no, no. I, went, I had to go on the bus <laughs> to Canna. And actually, that links... Can I just say hello to a really nice uh, guy I met called Dave, one of our listeners? Mm. Uh, I said I'd give him a shout-out. Friends. Um, one of your friends. All right, all right, you know, give me some cred. Facebook friend, <laughs> Facebook friend. I handed out the little cards that you told me to do. So, uh, <laughs> um, anyway, so no, yeah, I got the bus to Canuck and my mate, uh, she drove me, drove us to Stoke. Um, but it was, like you said before, Paul, it's like the old blues. It was just from start to finish. Mm. The, the day started, everyone was, it was, you know, pumped up and positive off the pitch. Um, on the pitch, it was just, just like the blues of old. You know, we gave it everything. Every single one of them gave their all. Um, there was no nonsense. You know, no nonsense formations. It was like solid. It was exciting. It was. It was actually a good game for the for neutral. I think. Um, yeah. I think. I think Buchanan had a terrific game at left back. I think he was yeah, super. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're no. they're all a, they're all a solid seven out of ten. But he was. I'd give him an eight or a nine. I thought he was brilliant. Um, yeah. And it was exciting, and uh, you know, away from home, singing like we did in the last few, in the 
you know the last few seconds and after after the whistle went it was just um it's like going back 10 or 15 years absolutely yeah. brilliant so mm. i can't wait for the, i can't wait for the, the Leicester game now on saturday um yeah. and, and other games I mean, it's not a chore anymore i know we keep saying it but <clears throat> it, i think we've just found the right man i mean before he came in there was all these you know shouts that he was a dinosaur and all, all the rest of it yeah. but he's doing a brilliant job he's nothing like that well, no, he's definitely not a dinosaur in his football. No way. It's, it's good on the eye. I mean, some of the play that when we go forward, you know, some I and mean, it's still very early days. Obviously, he's only been with the lads on the training ground for just over a week, isn't it, really? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, I, I think we're obviously going to lose games. You know, we've got to get real, obviously. But I think if we can sort of stabilise ourselves this season, finish finish above 17th, you know, that that's what I'm asking for because... I'm sick to death of being 17th. How many times have you been 17th? <laughs> it's getting boring, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to finish above 17th would be a good season for us this season, and that would be progress. So certainly from coming from where we've been recently in 20th, and that goal difference is obviously a, might affect us a little bit. He's got to clean up that mess, hasn't he? That, uh, yeah. that, that you know, because uh, I think it was a minus 15 goal difference, wasn't it, in the um, 15 games that the Rooney was here, wasn't it? Um, and um, so, yeah, we need to try and tidy that up a bit. Hopefully get a nice big win against somebody at home, you know, or, or away. Get a four yeah. or five of if we can. And I think these players are capable of doing it now. And for me, it just looks like they really have responded to him. And mm. like we've already said, you know, um, he's more like the arm around the shoulder kind of man, isn't he? And even from his first ever press conference as our manager, I could tell straight away that the lads will respond to him. Even when he threw yeah. the lining about the buffet at the back of the room and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like, Really, what this is the kind of guy you want to work for, this isn't it, you know? So, absolutely, certainly see that. But, yeah, Craig, I'll come on to you next, mate. Yeah, I was just, I mean, to, to echo everything that had gone on and, and to say, you know, the three things summed it up for me on, on Saturday, and that was drive, passion, and, and basically fight. It, it was there from the outset, and yeah, I, I, I saw the game, um, the stats. They just sold the picture, and if anybody had been looking at that and actually watched the game, sold the picture that it was all Stoke and that there was Birmingham were never in it, they were all over us. Actually, yes, there was a high percentage of um, possession, but a lot of that was in their own half or even in the centre of midfield. You know, there was, for me, no real clear-cut opportunities bar the one they, they scored to, to worry us and... It was a massive difference throughout the whole of it. You know, I honestly say, I sat there and thought, you know what? You might concede one, but I can't see us conceding two. And mm. it, this was the thing. Um, the substitutions were right. Um, I think there's a few players that have still got to pull the finger out. Roberts has got to, he's got to show us something because at the moment, I know he's been injured. I know he's been out, but there was no tracking back from his perspective. You know, uh, if his shirt got wet, it was obviously because it was getting dew in the air because there was definitely no sweat from what I saw being produced. Um, Stansfield, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And uh, there's been a couple of questions on the message board, actually. Could we sign him permanently? Will we sign him permanently? I think I'd love to. But I honestly don't think we could afford him. Um, maybe in the summer we might do something. In the summer, I think. Gonna cost us, uh, it's going to cost us an arm and a leg. Yeah. But... And what a stroke of genius, I've got to say, with Bielik in the centre half, because I know I know he's got that element of I can make a mistake in him. However, 
The defence looks completely different. It's, it, it, there's a ball that can be played out from the defence now, which I don't think we saw before. It's more of, you know, just going to clear my lines or, or whip it out to the wings. Whereas now, we've actually got Bielik who can continue that, that ball playing through the middle, and that helped. Miyoshi was unplayable. He was absolutely awesome, and he is thriving. And his partnership with Stansfield, uh, that, that can be amazing if it continues the way that it is. Mm. But overall, it was just lovely to end the day and actually you know, have a smile on your face and think, hey, we, we, we just turned over a team who ultimately four weeks or just over four weeks ago made us look stupid at St Andrews in front of our own fans. Um, and, and that was the, the big, big, big difference. And three words to sum it up, blows it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was everyone's man of the match on Saturday, would we say? So if we all agree. Tough. Buchanan for me, Paul. Yeah. Marcus, yeah. what do you think, mate? Um, oh, yeah, I could pick a few, but... And Miyoshi for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree with Miyoshi, actually. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he seemed to do something. Yeah. Real. yeah. Go on, Al. I was just saying Miyoshi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark I'll Meredith. say me off to you then. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not. So I'm going to. I'm going to say just for that goal, Stansfield. Yeah. Well, what about Bakuna with his free kick? I mean, yeah, well, Bakuna did nothing. Sorry, Bakuna no, did no, nothing no. apart from that free kick. Yeah. He was. He was a bit. I think, he did I nothing. Think, I, th- I think there was. Um, there was <laughs> I don't want to be. Nick. I mean, it was brilliant. I loved every minute of it. I, I lay in his bed. No heating on. Cheering, my, <laughs> cheering myself. Random. You know, nobody in. It was great. Um, and when I when I come to analyse what had gone on, uh, there was a problem late on where we kept giving the ball back to them, back to them, back to them. So we never got out. Um, and the people that they brought on didn't get in the game enough to pick those balls up. Giselle hardly had a kick, you know, whereas um, other people would have been taking the ball up and probably giving it away. But it just kept going out and out and out and coming back. Great defensive display. I mean, does anybody remember Drame's block when the bloke just early in the second half, he blasted this thing and Ruddy, Ruddy wouldn't have got anywhere near it. And he hit Drame in the middle of the chest and bounced away. And you're thinking, they ain't going to score today. Not a chance. 20, 20-odd shots there, commentator kept saying, 20-odd shots. Yeah, well, five on target. We had five on target. We scored twice. Now, that to me was the biggest revelation. Uh, we took the majority of our chances. And that's what we've not been doing for two years, let alone under Rooney. Mm. We, mm. we we need to get that strike average up. And, you know, I always said, oh, we trouble is we only scored one goal a game. Well, in the three games this week, we've scored two in every game and we haven't lost any of them. If you score two every week, you're not going to lose too many times, are you? No. Um, no. And, and, and Stans, Stansfield's goal was... I, I love the way he rifles them six inches under the crossbar. You know, no goalkeeper's got a chance with them. I mean, he's done no. it with three times, hasn't he? Just rifles it in. Uh, is it just, uh, 
to go. Sorry, Alan, is it just me? But does he remind you of Paul Devlin a little bit when he was up front with Furlong? You know, he was he was he was a bit. You know, he's, he's quick, he's tigerish, he's strong, he's he's a good finisher. You know what I mean? He just reminds me of Dev. He does when he when he yeah when he, yeah. He's, and, 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 got the same, he, yeah. he's got a bit of force cell in him. Yeah, yeah, he's even got the same age as Dev had then as well in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, the Stoke commentator kept calling him James, so you know he worked it out in it. When when the ball hit the back of the net, and he, he turned around and pointed to his number. Uh, the commentator worked out who he was because he kept thinking he was uh, Jordan James. But hey, mm. yeah, I yeah, had yeah, a bad yeah, day. Right. I had a good one. Yeah. The other thing is, he. He looks a completely different guy and because he's got uh, a stable defence in front of him. He doesn't look as though he's worried about anything now. And back to the shot stopping and, and being ruddy of, of old. I mean, that's the other thing. You know, your defence is only as good as the people in front of them and your goalkeeper is only as good as the defence in front of them. So it, the fact that he feels, I should say, you know, better... To me, puts him in a in a good position, and and now I look at this window and think, you know, we were going into it thinking we were going to sign a goalkeeper. I don't, I don't think we are now. You know, um, if if I'm completely honest, if we see one more coming through, I'd be really happy. Dazelle, because so when he came on, oh, nice crunching tackle that he he, he put in there, and uh, you know, he he won me over straight away just with that one tackle. So get get some of them down at St Andrews, and he's going to have the backing of everyone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Marcus, I'll come back to you, mate. Tell us a little bit, for those that don't know, obviously, a bit about what you're doing at the club nowadays. Yeah, so, um, well, when I when I finished playing um, a good while ago now, I I first went into, into coaching with the uh, Blues community, so the Education Development Programme. Um, and that was my first real taste of coaching then. And uh, following that, I was asked by the, the previous academy manager was Christian Speetman who's, who's now at Sunderland um, he asked me to would I like to come into the club to coach the within the academy so he, his his viewpoint was that he wanted to get more ex-pros in around the younger players and kind of offer that that um, kind of guidance to the players so um, yeah I took him up on it and, and I've been with the under 16s ever since Um it seems to suit me that that age group. I'm, I'm I'm comfortable with that, and obviously I'm still I'm still learning. You know, I've I don't think you ever stop learning. You know, you, obviously people say, "Oh, you've played the game," you see, you should know a fair bit. Yeah, but as we know, you know, recently with our manager, it's it's not always um, not always the case of no matter you know what you've done in the game, then just easily transfers and you can just get your message across to the players. That's I think that's the hardest thing is kind of getting the key points and messages to the players in the dressing room and everyone to buy into it. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm with the 16s and I've, you know, I've been really fortunate to have some really good youngsters that have come through the system that since I've been there, you know, and it's been great for me really just to step back and see their development. You know, obviously we've had a number, haven't we, from Jude Bellingham to... Job and George Hall, Jordan James. The, the list goes on, doesn't it? Ramel Donovan recently. So, um, yeah, it's great because obviously I get to see him at a young age, uh, younger than 16. Obviously, that's my age group, but you, you see them in younger age groups before they get to you. And, yeah, just seeing their development and seeing them step out onto the, 
onto the pitch at St Andrews or is is the main the main thing that kind of gives you that satisfaction. So yeah. um yeah academy's doing something right, aren't they? You know, I think that's fair to say because there's there's been some talented youngsters that have come for yeah, I was having the conversation with my dad yesterday about, you know, I like my 1 to 11s on this show and picking the best teams and all that. And in my lifetime so far, I was trying to pick an academy, lose 1 to 11. And obviously, I couldn't have Francis Latchford and, you know, Joe Gallagher and players like that because I didn't see them. But yeah. I, was, I was trying to do it and I was struggling in a few positions. Um, don't worry, mate. You was left back. And, and That's <laughs> <laughs> what I was waiting for that. And I put Matt Sadler centre back as well um, although he didn't play centre back for us he did go on to play there his, his later on in his career didn't he, uh, he did, but I was, yeah. I was struggling with another centre half and a, and, a, and a really good right back um, from our academy in my time I went Jack Butland in goal but you know I'll throw it out there to our viewers and, and everyone here like in our lifetimes and I know obviously Chris and Alan you can go with obviously the um, that great team that we had back in the 70s but um you know well, what? What would our what would our strongest eleven be from our academy uh, that's come through our academy? I mean, could I have had Andrew Johnson up front because I know he sort of came from Luton, didn't he? But was that yeah. that, that was their academy? I don't think he played for their first team, did he? No, he did. He did spend time he in our youth system. Academy. Yeah, Parks yeah. so has got to be in there as well. Who? Parks will have to be in the midfield, won't he? Carter yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jude, oh, yeah. Obviously, Jude Bellingham and. Uh, I was trying to think. You got, you got Jude Bellingham, obviously on on the flank. You'd have to have Redmond and Damari Gray, probably. Mm. Um, can, can, you said no right back. Can I go far back as Kevin Ashley? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. good shout actually. Yeah, mm. forgot about him. Ian Clarkson. Ian Clarkson. Clark, Clark and Franey, Yeah. I didn't think Frainer. of Clarkson. But yeah, I was only, it was only a quick five minute conversation. Yeah. Mark, yeah. 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 Simon Storage up front for you. This is kind of why I'm uh, throwing it out there because I need some help because I can't remember. <laughs> so um, you're going to name a better left back than Marcus now, aren't you? And he's going to take his place. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is where we're going to start falling out, isn't it? We're going to say goodnight, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> Connection's gone. <laughs> so we'll leave it there. <laughs> so, in your playing career, Marcus, with what we've been through at the Blues recently, obviously, with this change from Rooney to Mowbray, did you experience anything similar to that yourself, where it just wasn't working with the manager that you were playing under, and then someone else has took over and, hey, presto, straight away? Definitely. Um, well, I wouldn't say the end result, where, where I was at, it went, where it worked eventually, but my, I had a similar, a similar kind of tricky spell uh, at Portsmouth, so, obviously, you, you remember remember the time when Portsmouth were going through that stage of their ownership had changed and their, yeah. uh, the supporters uh, had kind of all grouped together and got the club out, out the mess they were in. Um, it was it was I'd probably say there when I, when I, when I was at Portsmouth, we they're in that stage of kind of trying to stabilise and they're actually in League Two, so it wasn't a place obviously where their fans wanted to be or. Um, or anything like that. That wasn't the ambition at all. Um, but they, I went there under Guy Whittingham, um, mm. and it, it was pretty hard. I mean, they they were just signing anyone that had. It seemed like that had, had played a good number of games. They were looking for like experienced footballers, so um, 
to get, uh, I suppose, at League Two level because you're only going to get players that are coming towards their end, you're at the end of their career. Um, but uh, that's, I mean, even then we had um, Patrick Agyemang, remember him, and David Connolly, the Republic yeah. of Ireland international. So for League Two football, we had a really good squad. Um, but yeah, it just... I mean, Guy Whittingham wanted us to play total football, play out from the back in League Two. Did it? Didn't start. It didn't go to plan. And then quickly, he went right. Forget that. We're going to now go route one up to Patrick Agima. <laughs> so um, obviously, the you know the, the fans kind of got onto that. They weren't keen with with how things were going. The results weren't going our way as well, which is that's what it boils down to at the end of the day. I think fans can accept whatever style of play. But if you're not winning games, you're, in, you, you're going to be in trouble. And um, that was the case for Guy Whittingham. I mean, um, he ended up getting sacked. And um, who did we have after that? It was Richie Barker. Um, mm. Again, Richie Barker come with these new ideas. And this day, wanted to play. And that didn't seem to work. It just seemed to be in a, in a mess. I, I, it's, again, it's hard to put your finger on it. I don't know whether it was... The, the dressing room we had, the quality of players in there, whether it was, I don't know, the, the tactics he was trying to make us play in that division didn't work. Who knows? But um, he didn't last long either. And this was all in one season, remember? All in yeah. one season. So Richie Barker went and then um, Andy Orford step, stepped up, who's you know well-known to the Portsmouth fans. He, he was a coach in the... Um, in the academy days the academy manager so he stepped up and kind of steadied the ship kind of stopped the club getting relegated actually from League 2 so it, it worked out alright but that was the only club I've been at where it's been hostile and there's discontent you, you know at your home stadium I mean Portsmouth I'd, I'd actually say they're very similar to our club Say the, the fan base remote, they're very similar both of them same same kind and um, very passionate, you know, want you to give you all. And, uh, you know, even there at League Two, it, it was getting at least 18,000 every single week. And that's League Two football and, you know, sell it out of, for away games and things. And, yeah, it, it just it didn't really work. And then I retired after that. Um, mm. So that was, yeah, probably not the best way to finish your career. But at the same time, I loved it. I loved I loved the club there playing for Portsmouth. As I say, it reminded me what I what I like and what I'm about. Um, yeah, yeah. As I say, probably because it's similar to the to the Blues fan base. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, it I just didn't back. work out. I thought about we going, mate. Uh, this would have been 2014. Okay, 2014. Ten years, yeah, ten years this year. Then yeah. So you've been yeah. you, you retired ten years ago this year. Yeah, actually, I haven't thought about it like that. Yeah, it, it would be. Yeah, you mentioned um, <laughs> you mentioned Andy Orford there, and his son Nick uh, actually came to the business that I worked for for a bit. He's been gone now a few years, but I was working with his son Nick for a little while, and I know he appeared in the first team at Portsmouth as well. Well, fun, funnily enough, he got his opportunity when his dad got the job. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and and that. That was another thing as well. At the time, I, I knew his, his his background was academy football, but as soon as he took over at Portsmouth, straight away he's put about five young lads into the first team that were nowhere near ready, nowhere near mm -hmm. ready. And I mean that that wound quite a few players up. 
you know, that, that they just weren't ready and it, they weren't helping the team and it was just a case of, right, how can I kind of um, help myself out and, and the players I know and, you know, it's always going to reflect well on him, isn't it? If you can say, oh, yeah, we've had five players get a first-team debut this season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it kind of, it didn't really work, but, you know, I, I know we've known in the past, same happens when I was at Blues with Steve Bruce. Obviously, Alex Alex Bruce seemed to get a lot of opportunities. Um, it's just the way it is, you know. Yeah. It's his son, isn't it? So, yeah. He's yeah. going uh, to look after. Blair, the, um, the weekend, just going back to the weekend, I mean, first of all, your video went absolutely viral after yeah. you, you posted the uh, the free kick. Mark's mentioned it already, the atmosphere. You, you, you go to an like every away game. Yeah. What's, what, I'll be honest, what's the difference? Is it purely the st- fact that the fans love the person that's there or is it, do you think, the football or just the way the team are that's turned it around because it did sound amazing? You know, no matter what you were listening to, the fans were amazing, sadly. So what's the difference? Um, I don't think it'll ever be about the football on the pitch. I generally think that it's who's in charge. I think that he's brought everybody together. I think that the football is good. Um, we can still improve, but I generally think that, you know, they love Tony Mowbray. I mean, we've already got four songs for him. Um, and I just think that everybody's just got a bit of a buzz back. I know that I've all of a sudden, oh, well, I've fallen right back in love with them again. Um, I just think that everybody's involved everybody enjoys going again and you know like the goals were amazing on Saturday I mean I haven't seen a free kick like that for ages um, Gary Gardner doesn't even come close against West Brom I mean that free kick from Bakuna was sensational and um, Stansfield's goal was brilliant as well so I just think that I think the atmosphere, we sang basically every song that we know on Saturday and it was great compared to Leeds and compared to some of the others when he was in charge. I just think um, we did an amazing job and I think the away fans as well, we are loud and when we win and when we play well, we get behind them. Mm, Definitely, yeah. Mark Meredith, was you at the club at the same time as Marcus when he was playing for us? Yeah, I worked. At the, I worked actually with the community department when he um, when he was there. I think was you under Stuart Hall, Marcus, at the academy. I was. Yeah, yeah, Stuart Hall and came, uh, Brian Eastick yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So I came in with Terry and Christian. So I would have been coaching with them when you'd probably then. Um, you, I don't even think you even played in the first team then. I think you'd probably moved on by then. Because you, mm, you only did you make like five, six appearances, something like that. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Um, yeah, I, I remember it was Steve Bruce at the time. I'd, I'd just signed a three and a half year contract at, at the club. And um, Steve Bruce said to me, he said, um, you know, we're in, champ- we're in the championship now. And there's a there's a real push that we have to get promotion. So I can't guarantee that you're going to be playing week in, week out. So he said, uh, you know, you've had clubs come in on loan for you and one of and one of those clubs was Swansea at the time, Swansea City. So, um, I, I got to admit at the time I didn't have a clue what what Swansea were like, or um, I knew they were in League One. And, and Steve Bruce said to me, it was like they're you know a really good club or potential to be a great club. They've got a big fan base and they've got ambition to you know climb the climb the league, get out of that league. So, 
uh, I've, got, I've got to admit, every move I made in football kind of worked out. You know, whether it was, I went from Blues to Swansea, we won the league at Swansea. Some really, really good managers there. Roberto Martinez uh, was, was the standout for me. He was superb. And, you know, and then after that, then when Roberto left, we had Paulo Sosa, which, you know, he's, he's, you know, gaining some real experience as well since since the time I, I was last with him. He's been, you know, managing Champions League teams and things. And following that, then I went uh, to Brighton to, with Gus Poyet. So um, we won the league with, with Brighton. So I was really lucky, really, to kind of go to the clubs that I was at and and fortunate yeah. to come across the people I came across. Yeah, I did the same as you. Obviously, I didn't. I didn't play. I I, I came out of school and went to Solly Hill College and and did the uh, coaching awards and stuff there. And I I went with the community department and Dean um, for a while. And it was the same thing. I was working with Dean. I was working at the um, actually on reception at the the main stadium, and then um, obviously got in touch with Christian and Terry, and then moved over to Wastels from there. But you know, I echo everything you say about the academy stuff. It's just amazing to be around on a daily basis all those you know good talented players coming through and just being a part of that um, development journey for them as well mm-hmm. yeah um, Marcus Paulie Newman asked a question earlier um, are there any 16 sort of 17 year olds or 16, 15 16 year olds sorry that uh, you think are sort of ready to eventually you know showing enough potential to make it into our first team that we haven't seen yet um, we've got well we've just given out a uh, around about eight to ten scholarships um, from our age group so they'll be full-time employees as of next year when they leave school um, obviously they've all got potential it's always hard to kind of pinpoint one particular player um, I even mm. I even remember you know going back to to Jude where we'd have him in the training sessions when he was 14 training with the under 16s and Remember Mike Dodds, the, the coach I used to be with, who's, who's now at Sunderland, and he would say to me, "When he's going to be a Champions League player," and I actually, you know, you can't say Jude wasn't talented. He's really talented, and we had high hopes for him. But when he come out with comments like that, I used to think, "Cool, steady on." Like, how can you say that to a fourteen-year-old, sixteen-year-old kid? He wouldn't say it to him; he'd just say it to me. But I just used to think, "How, how, how would you know that?" He obviously did know, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's difficult to put your finger on one player. I mean, we honestly, we've got a, a number of players in our academy at various age groups where you think, well, you could have a real good chance. But it, there's there's a lot involved in that. It's you know, it's not just a case of oh, he was great throughout the age groups, and then you know, you may come come into the first team frame where you've got I don't know. A, your position could be blocked up and through signings that the club have made so there's a lot of factors that play a part in whether you you know make your breakthrough but one thing that we try and do you know from our academy all the way through to first team they call it pathway so you try and make sure that you know someone that you have high hopes for let's say in centre midfield isn't blocked up by someone else if that makes sense so um, if you know you've got centre midfielder that's getting towards the latter part of his career let's say um, just as an example like a 30 year old midfielder then you have visions of kind of not blocking up his uh, the youngster's pathway by bringing somebody else in that will limit his game time so there is yeah. clear plans that are in place to, to do that but 
Yeah, I, I could throw a number of names out there. So oh, go I think on. It'd be unfair for me to... No, no, go on. <laughs> go on, go on. Is there anybody... Um, there must be somebody in particular we, we've got to look out for soon. Well, I, I mean, I think the best thing to do is probably look towards the 21s to start with because, you know, they're the ones that you could probably say are closest to it. And you've you've got Josh Home that's that's performing really well lately. Um, see, he, he's from the northeast. He's a Geordie lad, but... We brought him in at scholarship age at um, under 18s. Um, actually released him, I believe, and, and we took him from then. So uh, he's he's performing really well in the under 21s. And um, you can't forget, you know, Tommy Fogarty as well, defender. He scored as a defender this season. He scored five goals, so that's that's really impressive, and that will catch the eye. Whether that's from loan clubs and. Um, Obviously, the manager and, and the first team staff will be well aware of what the younger players do, but not always as easy as that. Just you know, giving them a call up for for the next, you know, for the FA Cup, it could be a case for some of these players that they do have to go out alone and develop further before they're ready. Mm, definitely, yeah. Fantastic. And Claire, are you any, any? Are you looking on the comments board, Claire? I just wondered if there was any uh, any questions, any more questions coming in, or any more good comments worth. Uh, um, we've had one of Nigel Mann, which is what was Brucey really like to play for? Was he a good gaffer or not? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, he he was he was. I always respect him. I'm trying to choose my words carefully. I always respect him <laughs> because. He gave me my, my opportunity in first-team football and without a manager that puts faith in you to do that, you could say, I, I won't be talking to you now. So, um, I respect him for that. But what, what I would say is that when I then come across Roberto Martinez, I felt like I learned, I learned more about the game under them from a tactical point of view. Where, um, where Steve Bruce was... I felt was just very much his strengths laying as a motivator. He was he was good at motivating you, and um, I, I can't say say that looking back on it that I, I learned too much as in terms of playing the game. If that makes sense, um, I'd always say yeah that the, the foreign managers have come across has has taught me more. Um, but yeah, that I'm I'm not I'm not being negative to Steve Bruce there as I say we've all got our strengths in certain areas and um, I'd probably say his biggest his biggest strength was that motivation factor that he would he could give and obviously being a captain of Man United you, you have something about you don't you yeah, you know yeah. he, and yeah. he was he was very successful for us so getting us up, up to the Premier League so we can well, you know you can't take that away from him so I, I respect him I respect him for that we, we had the best of him as a manager didn't we um, you know, manager, right? I, mean, yeah. I don't know if he'll manage again now. Hopefully, he does. But if he doesn't, if he calls it a day now, then I think looking back, you know, in his early forties, uh, we have the best of him as a manager. I think. I don't mm. think anybody else. I know he got hold to the FA Cup final. Didn't need to be fair, but I think we had the best day. We had the best days of him. I think. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, there is another one from Benji Smith. What uh, What's Marcus think about the likes of Dixon and Tatum Junior? Yeah, well, obviously you got two really talented centre forwards there. I mean, both are both are natural goal scorers and and have a real real eye for goal. See, so you've got Junior Dixon came into the club later than 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Then you'd probably like, um, come from Crystal Palace, I, I, I think it was. So, um, you know, he's perform- He's another one that's been performing for the 21s, has been scoring goals. And, and Frank, T- Frank Tatum, he's one that's been, been with us from such a young age and a, a local lad and, and a Blues fan as well. So... You know he's a he's a real hard work. I, I had him in my age groups from under twelves, and when I, when I first came into the club, I had a spell with the twelves, so I had him there, and even under sixteens. And yeah, just a real hard working centre forward, but also with a real eye for goal. It he does give you so much. I mean, he would be one that you know if hopefully one day he can make the first team, and you know with the the desire he he has for the game. He's one that you could really see the fans taking to. Like, believe me, he doesn't let many defenders um, off off on an easy game. He'll leave a foot in at times and really crash crash into them. And you know, that's that's something can our fans enjoy. Um, and the fact yeah. that he can put put the ball in the back of the net's another good thing. But yeah, he's still got years ahead of him. So always, always a lot of work to do for a lot of the youngsters. Um, but yeah, both of them are going in the right direction. So fingers crossed, they keep developing in the way they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Craig, have you got any uh, squad game lined up, mate? I, I have indeed. Um, what we do here, Marcus, we basically what Craig will do is he'll pick a season, and I'm hoping it's one when you was there. Hopefully, you never know. Great minds think alike. Great minds think alike. What he's going to what he's going to do is tell us a couple of numbers from that season, and we've got to try and guess who the player was that wore those numbers in those seasons. Right. Easy. What the sound of that? What was, what was, your, what was your squad number, Marcus? Because we, we can eliminate that then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my squad number was 31. 31, right. Okay. 31, that was my first squad number. You know what it's like for the youngsters. You get the tail end, don't you? you any any number that's, you know, well out the way. <laughs> that. But you, you, you take anything you can get. You're proud of that, whatever number yeah. it is. I have, yeah. Um, to be honest, they, they were in my dad's shed, in mum and dad's shed for a long time. Um, they were actually, my mum and dad got them framed. Um, and then uh, I didn't really look after them so much. So they were kind of went in my, my dad's shed, a bit unloved. Because oh, I'm, really, I'm not really big for things like that, shirts and 
and know memorabilia. I'll stuff it. I'm I'm salivating here. Most of my stuff is stuffed in the cupboard somewhere. Or, you know, oh, even my no. Republic of Ireland twenty one caps. No disrespect. I'm not you know disrespecting anything that I did there or or the country, but. Um, yeah, I'm just not really one to kind of show it all off. So, um... oh, I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> He'll try and find out where you live now. He'll be around your house. He'll be around your house. I've got an Azerbaijan shirt. You might be able to have that's in the cupboard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, at <laughs> look at him. He's salivating. Um, he's all over it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, but um, Spain here. Quite emotional. I say that since obviously recently. Um, my wife, she thought it would be a good idea to get them up in the, my shirt, my blue shirts framed in the house. So we've actually moved them to ours now. And we've got them up in the hallway, actually, which I'm, I'm not too keen on, but everybody else in my family seemed to think it was a great idea. But yeah, oh, just, right, man. just put a tray of donuts in front of you then and took the jam out of everyone. I've got three squad numbers and the. Uh... The squad numbers are actually from 2005, 2006. <laughs> right, no, no pressure, Marcus. But, um, so I want to know the first one is uh, squad number 14. And I can say that squad number 14 was used twice during the season. The second number is number 19, which again was used twice during the season. And finally, who was squad number 27? And actually, I tell a lie, that's not the final one. The final one is squad number 28, which again was used twice in the season. So you're asking four, four numbers? Four numbers. 40, I know one of the Yeah. Yeah, three of which were used twice. One was only used once. So 14. Yuri Yarazik. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And who was the other number 14? Are we just asking Marcus or are we. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, I might, might need some help here. Uh, this isn't just me. Um, <laughs> the uh, 14 are we looking for? No one's, guess, no one's yeah, got the answer to that yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark Meredith just got one of the 14s, which was Yuri Yarosin. Mm. I've got. I know who the um, second. I know who the second fourteen is as well. I think was was it Latka? Was Latka one of them? Was it Thomas Latka? Was, Mar- Mar- yeah. Martin Latka. Martin Latka. Yeah. Yeah. He was number eight. He had Robbie Savage's shirt off him, didn't he? Was it? Was, was he number eight? eight? Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. I'm struggling now. I'm trying oh. to wrap my brain. To... Was it? It wasn't Chris Sutton, was it? No, no. it was. It was forty. It was number forty. Yeah. What was Dwight? Was Dwight York? What was Dwight York? Thought you, was... I don't think Dorky was there then that season, was he? He'd gone. I think he was there in 04 05. And he was 33 when he came. So I'm a proper nerd, Marcus, and I'm proper. What, like, was the other, what was the other numbers? So the other 14, I think, can I say? I think the other 14 was Shefki Kuki, was it? No, um, it wasn't. No. Oh, I've got you, Paul. I've got you. It wasn't. <laughs> well, Nicky Butt, was it? Nope. Uh, some of the guests on uh, Facebook uh, Nafti Malchit no, Kilkenny DJ Campbell no. Jarosik no no who was that 
Terrible player we had from Liverpool. And he was oh, yeah. a terrible player from Liverpool. Not Salif Dia. Salif Dia, that was, wasn't it? He was the blue yeah. of the, uh, the first letter or something. Um, D. That's his first D. name? Yeah. <laughs> what's his first name? <laughs> for that. What's, his name? what's his name, Craig? Yeah, what's his actual name? <laughs> his name's uh, David Howland. Nope. No. Who? 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 Excuse me, mate, down the shop. <laughs> <laughs> you want them to. I've not heard anybody mention number 19 yet. Number 19? Ooh. Peter Till. Andrew Barrowman? Andrew Barrowman was well, not. Well done. No. Peter Gilbert. Pete Gilbert. Peter, Peter Till. That's Peter Till either, no. Nope. I think uh, Peter Matt, Till Matt You're lying to me. <laughs> Matt Burley? No, not Matt Burley. Peter Till. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times you say it. Times you say it. It, it wasn't, <laughs> my promise. It wasn't Peter Till. No. These number, are... number 19. Morrison? Um, one of them was a forward in fact both of them were forwards one was English one was Irish Vincent Morrison Vincent Morrison was one of them yeah just said that 19 mm. that was the season he went when he didn't play much that season did he yeah because we signed uh, Forsell permanently and Pandiani didn't we and, and DJ Walsh, Campbell yeah. oh DJ was 28 oh. he was one of the 28s yeah well, said that and he says a forward as well forward as well yeah the other number I'm after where you've got two players is number 28 and I will say you've obviously mentioned one of them which is DJ Campbell hmm. so who is the other number 28 so I'm after the uh, the other 28 well, uh, we had an Argentinian forward it's not him and you mentioned Peter God. Till Mr Meredith Number 37, so you're a mile off. He wore 19. <laughs> <laughs> Till. In the reserves, maybe. I've got his shirt here on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> no time road, that whatever you do. Yeah, seriously. I'm booking flights now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're struggling here, aren't we? This is, tough to, this is tough tonight, Craig. I've got to give you top marks for this. Yes. Yeah, when you when you say like number nine, it's obviously four selling it's too easy. Was Krofsky gone by then, hasn't he? Jarosky. But he was American, so yeah, ignore me. Jarosky. So, um, the number nineteen being an English striker, first initial was J. J. Jerry, no. Did he play much in the first did he play in the first team? Played in the first team, not many games though. Ooh. More first appearances game. in the reserves. Josh. Jack. Jack. Jill. Joe. John. 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 Oh, somebody's just mentioned the first name. John. James. 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 What was his oh. second name? <laughs> no. Is it Barrowman? No, that was Andrew Barrowman. No. Andrew, oh. Wasn't he James. in Doctor Who? And Andrew well, Barrowman is actually your other 28. So you have, oh, that was, that you was, have that got was, one of them. That was a lucky deflection. 
James, uh, James, James, James. What's it rhyme with? Bike. Yeah. What's his mum's name? James Vaughan. James Vaughan, yeah. Oh. No. James McFadden. Ooh, Ooh, close, close to Mux there. James McFadden. James McFadden. Good, good knowledge, Clay. Well done, Clay. James McFadden. Yeah. Well done, Clay. Yeah. 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 Twenty-seven. Okay. I will say it is tough because twenty-seven never made an appearance in the first team. Natsukuki. No, Natsukuki was thirty-three. Twenty-seven. Carl it was Mottram. Initial. It was a C. Carl Mottram. It is Carl Mottram. Check you, Mister Adams. <laughs> Are you <laughs> googling me? Yeah, he's got, he's got someone, someone on the camera, isn't he? On like your phone or something. I reckon he has, yeah. Somebody's there going... <laughs> it just happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his, his, mate, his, mate off, his mate off the bus must have texted him. There is a, there's a couple of comments that have come from the message board asking who the ugly bloke in a beanie hat at the end of the AFL credits were. I'm not too sure if anybody can help at all. No. I'm not sure that was. No. Oh, yes, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Paul, 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 he's, he's a good one for um, for the future. Somebody on YouTube says, uh, what would what would we say was the best playing team made up of Blues managers? Ooh, Ooh that's, that's a good one. It's a good one. Maybe yeah. something, maybe we could do one a week, maybe. Yeah. Mm, it's a good one, isn't it? That's uh, a brilliant one, that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah could, and could we get a team? Gil Merrick in goal. I was going to say Gil Merrick. That's yeah, it. I'm, right. I'm out now. Trevor Francis up front. Gary yeah. Bruce centre back. Yeah, Bruce oh. centre half with McLeish. Yeah. Tony Mowbray midfield. Thought we were doing one a week. <laughs> and are they talking about Blues players only? They've got to have or? played. Yeah. Oh, they've only played. They've got to have played and managed us, or just managed us. Uh, best best playing team well. made up of blues managers. Oh, I suppose that could be, yeah. Rooney, Rooney up front with Trevor Francis. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what a team that! Yeah, with Zola, with Zola in the ten, just behind them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Zola, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Gary Rowett, yeah, yeah. Karanka, Karanka, Karanka. You can't, you can't. Was the centre half with me? Oh, that's a good one as well. Dave McCoy in the middle. Dave McCoy would have him in. Who would you have right back there? Would you have Rowett? Who was your hero growing up, Marcus? Who was your, when you was a kid, Like, who did you idolise as a player? Um, I idolised Ryan Giggs. Okay. Ryan Giggs. I, obviously, I know there's no blues link there, but I was just left-footed. And obviously, you know, you when you were a kid, you look towards those like top-end players, don't you? And he... Um, yeah, he he was mine. He had just I I remember he brought some football skills video out the one year, um, and I, I used to watch that over and over again. I mean, yeah, he was he was unbelievable, wasn't he? Back in back in the day. I mean, also I say that you know to play in the Premier League for as long as he did as well. That just shows what kind of what kind of player Ryan Giggs was. You know, I think yeah. he Ferguson used to put him centre mid, didn't he? Mm. At one point, you know, because he knew his legs were going, but. 
he'd yeah. still like you know breeze the game in, in that position looks so easy to him yeah 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 same question to you Alan sorry same question to you when you was a kid who was your hero growing up as a kid footballer Di Stefano okay I've heard the name mm-hmm. greatest centre forward that's ever lived yeah. played for Real Madrid in that 7-3 scored he only scored four that night had a poor right. game he was actually born in Argentina he played for Argentina he played for Colombia and he also played for Spain because you could use to, to naturalise people in them yeah. days right okay mm-hmm. yeah. what about you Chris Chris that, that I've seen what? well when you was when you was a child Jerry was your well, football hero oh, I might as ask everyone no mind I'll go around, go around the panel probably, probably going to be Georgie Best and Trevor Francis yeah. I don't know you know, it's 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 difficult when you re- when I was really young, young I suppose it was it was George Best because yeah, it was just George Best. There's nothing better. Yeah, mine was Gaza. I loved watching Gaza when I was a kid, and Lineker as well. I liked a lot as well, and uh, Peter Beardsley and these sort of players mm. were my favourites. But no, my, if I had to say one, I'd say Gaza. But yeah, Claire, what about yeah. you? Um, probably Beckham or Thierry Henry. Yeah. Ethan Laird. Yeah, never, Ethan <laughs> Laird now, yeah. <laughs> we need to get him on the show just so I can just talk to him all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mark Meredith? Uh, Gaza, with, I'm with you. Yeah, he was just something else, wasn't he? Brilliant. So, uh, yeah, Craig? I'd probably say two. Uh, um, as he sounds, Ian Rush, because he was, you know, everything when the FA Cup leagues, mm. it, was, it was him. He was a a goal-scoring legend, but also John Barnes, surely because oh. of what he brought to football was not just skill and athleticism; it was it was everything, you know. And he, he was the bees and he's wasn't he? And, and again, you know, people will say it's not Birmingham related, but actually, I didn't see Birmingham until late on. Whereas football to me was each Saturday sitting down with my grandparents yeah. watching the FA Cup. You it's know, was always the same FA Cup mm-hmm. final. Sit down and watch it, and those are the names that stood out. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Which, Rush, Rush which channel? Fight. Which channel are we going to watch it on? Wasn't it? You know, ITV yeah. or <laughs> who sounded better? Was it Saints and Greensill? Yeah, Was it? Yeah, oh, maybe yeah. switch over. Yeah, and, it, yeah, so, and it started. Rush. It started at about eight o'clock in the morning, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. meet, yeah, meet yeah. the players' yeah. wife stock. Yeah, and last, and, and last but not least, obviously, rope. Um. Oh, um, that'd be me then. Um, no, I mean, I hit, hit my teens, and I, I, blues-wise, it probably liked Sturridge and Glegor, and I love Nigel Glegor. Um, but when I was really young, I used to, um, when I was seven or eight, I used to like, um, for some reason, I used to like David Seaman when he played for us. Mm. And I think, I know it sounds stupid, but I used to wear a green jumper for junior school, and I used to wear this green jumper and went in gold, pretended I was David Seaman. Um, <laughs> the You draw one on. Pencil. Yeah. No. Yeah. I remember that. I was only about seven or eight. But yeah, David Seaman. I used to like. Yeah. What about <laughs> what about football in general? Not just blues. Did you have any like heroes outside of blues as well? Um, not particularly. I used to love watching. I used to love watching um, Lineker when I was a kid. Just went to yeah. the park pretending like Gary Lineker. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like say, remember the old matches one every Sunday, the big match live, and mm-hmm. you go yeah. to the yeah. park and try and. Whoever scored, whoever played well, you try and copy them at school the next day so. or over yeah. the park and that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You do a lot of pretending, that, Mark, don't you? You do a lot of pretending. I'm getting a bit worried. Hey? You do a lot of pretending. Yeah. Hey, Rose, oh, go over. Right, 
Bro, you're the last pick in every team that you went in. <laughs> Can I come next time? Sorry. I'm used to marry the rope plays his goal or he said he does. But, you know, I actually know somebody that loved rope from the halfway line into yeah. five or five goals, let alone full size goals. Yeah, but his, his surname was Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Beckham. You don't remember yeah, the same but, uh, Marcus? Say that again, sorry? You don't remember Mercedes and Greavesy, do you? No. Oh, uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant show that one. Obviously, yeah. so good. Yeah, it's it's a you were doing something with a Leicester fan earlier, weren't you, or something like that? Well, I don't know. care. Okay. I'm glad somebody's on that. Not like that, you know what I mean? Don't say that. for a little bit of a, a new thing for, for Talk and Talk, where we're actually going to be talking to podcasters or, or groups that are, are set up for the teams that we're going to be playing against as we uh, as we go to the upcoming games. So uh, this afternoon, I've recorded a little bit with uh, Chris from Leicester Till I Die. Um, really, really good interview and insightful, actually, to find out their podcast is very, very, very similar to, to ours mm. and the reasons why. No, it's good. Uh, it's very, very good. So watch out for the uh, the details on there, and along with the predictions for this weekend's game. So, uh, uh, Chris, have you got a little snippet? Yeah, I'm going to try and play some. There we go. Here we go. No, hopefully. Then decided. Well, look, hang on. I can I can do this myself. I was already doing a, a website. Uh, I was also already doing the social media sites, but the the actual um, uh, YouTube side of it was born out of that and of course then um covid struck and we we're all sort of sat at home and basically it stopped me going through the window and jumping for you know four floors down to 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 me to death sort of thing so yeah it was very good on that and you know for however long the show happens to be it's all about having a laugh it's all about having a joke we don't take it too seriously you know yes we wind you know opposition fans up and we allow them to wind us up what it's all about you should have a bit of banter and then at the end you should shake hands and and go up it's a game of football at the end of the day but it does give us a chance to put you know if you go and i know a lot of um within my group of sort of youtube um Co co presenters, if you like, that you know yeah. from from other other channels. So many people started doing it because of the pandemic. Uh, they were stuck at home, nothing to do, and the fact of mental health because it was highlighted so much during COVID. And I think and I do know a good seventy percent of you know the, the the podcasters I deal with started it to help them with that. And it, you know, because it stopped us doing something stupid. And it's nice just for an hour, however long the show is, just to put that mask on and have a laugh and a joke, and you can forget about everything else that's going on in the world. Uh, but oh, we cover we cover everything everything sort of Leicester really, um, and uh, uh, obviously the main shows. And there you go. That's the sort of thing we're doing. There we go. Mm. I'm going to move on to, if I may, quick fire questions. Every time we have a special guest on, it's uh, rude not to, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. So what we do, Marcus, whenever we get a special guest on, I'll just spend about 30 seconds or so asking some quick fire questions. So you've probably seen, have you seen Gary Neville's podcast, The Overlap? Yeah, I've, I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, so you know when he's walking around at the end and he's asking him questions off his phone, like very quick ones? Yeah, so yeah. That's what we're going to do, if that's okay. Cool, yeah. Favourite alcoholic drink? I think I'll know this. Uh, uh, Madrid. Yeah, same, same here. Favourite city in the world? 
Um, New York. That was me as well. Favourite superhero? Batman. Yeah. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Last minute penalty for your life, who's taking it? Jace Mansfield. <laughs> you can invite three people round for dinner from anywhere in history. Who are you asking? Ooh. Um, David Beckham. Uh, I'm keeping it all football. David Beckham, Roy Keane. And Ronaldo, Ronaldo, we'll have a chat about that game that we played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Who controlled the music in the blues dressing room when you was there and what was it like? Um, it was Jermaine Pennon. Um, so, yes, it, it was quite lively. Like Jermaine loved the night out, um, liked his music, big character in the changing room. So, yeah, it was uh, R&B, hip-hop type of style. Yeah. And, and your favourite music and genre and band what's, what's what's on your playlist at the moment honestly I like anything like anything reggae uh, 60s music modern modern pop the like indie rock what, anything give me anything yeah. Um, yeah I haven't really got like a set genre that I'll stick to um, okay I'm, I'm open to all kinds of you know the the wedding DJ that sticks the soundtrack on, I'll take that because, yeah, you got a variety. Yeah, that's good. Um, who was the funniest in the dressing room at Blues when you was there? Robbie Savage, probably. Yeah? Yeah. Um, always doing stuff, weren't he? Yeah, yeah, he was, he was a joker. Don't get me wrong, he used to wind a few people up close to where, like, they would they'd nearly snap on him. I saw Ian Bennett nearly, like... <laughs> Nearly lose it completely. Sab just, you know, he do silly stuff like, you know, where you you kind of see on a playground. But yeah, he used to think it was funny, and we did as well as young lads as well. Yeah. What was your pre-match routine and meal? Um, my, did you have yeah. go-to every day? I would always have uh, scrambled eggs on toast. That would be my pre-match, um, and. Yeah, I would. I'd always do like three knees to chest before before the actual whistle. Like you know, when you've done your warm up, whistle's about to go. I do three knees to chest. Don't know why. Why I started doing that, but I don't know. Once I started doing it, then you always feel like you've got to keep doing it. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, three knees yeah. to chest is an odd one, but that's what I did. Favorite uh, favorite boots you ever played in? Boots. Mm. Uh, Puma Kings. Puma oh, Kings yeah. when I was when I was at my Sunday su- uh, Sunday team three C's Chelmsley Wood die. I'd always been over my Puma Kings. Yeah, and best player you ever swapped shirts with after a game? I well, I didn't really swap too many shirts, but I asked Ryan Giggs when he played us at St Andrews. He he uh, flat just went flat no. I said no, you're not having it. That's Rude Van Nistelrooy. He said come and get it afterwards. But I was scared to go and get it afterwards in case the manager like had a go at me for getting somebody's shirt and like kind of accusing me for being just bothered about that. So the, shirt, the only shirt I've got upstairs is Jermaine Pennant from when he was at Stoke, and I played him uh, for Brighton in the FA Cup. Um, uh, so yeah, it's probably not the biggest player in the, in the world that you know too excited about that one. But yeah, um, yeah, it's the only one I got. Yeah. And the last one, what's your worst habit? Worst habit. 
Uh, I think yeah, it, I, might need to get the, I might need to get the wife down for this one. She's not going to tell you better than I can. What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say, Marcus? <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't think I've, I've got any bad habits, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. I know she'll say I don't cook enough. Um, I'm, quite, I'm quite lazy at times around the house. That's probably, I don't know if that's a habit or what, but a bad trait at least. You untidy or anything like that? Or you tidy person? No, no, I'm, I'm tidy. I'm, I am tidy. Um, I, I, I'm quite particular in that sense. Saying that though, when when I when I first started playing and I moved away from Birmingham and see had a place of my own, I would I would actually let the the dishes like build up. This is I didn't have a dishwasher at the place I was in, so I'd let the uh, dishes build up and to the point I'd have nothing <laughs> where I had to do the washing. Oh up. yeah, um, I do that. I do that. That was, that was t- that was teenage days. <laughs> yeah, and I'll do one more just for the road. So, which manager would you have loved to have played for uh, that you never did? Probably just go modern era. Um, Jurgen Klopp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy Moon. Tommy Moon. exactly the same thing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just, he just. I like his personality. He seems like he's got a great personality around the players. You know, you see him putting an arm around them quite often. Um, yeah, and just his style of play. I mean, it's it's exciting football, isn't it? Front foot, uh, good to watch. Um, <laughs> saying that, I'm not sure I'd have been able to keep up with the pace of it, but that's another story. Yeah, yeah. What about computer games? Are you much of a gamer? You play like what, what's now called F24 instead of FIFA or anything like that? I used to be. Um, saying that, my, my seven-year-old, my seven-year-old gets me into FIFA, so I have to teach him a lesson quite often. You know, and he, he's quite shocked that I keep beating him. But I used to spend many afternoons just wasting my life, really, when I was playing football. <laughs> afternoons just on computer games. But end days are well and truly gone now. You know, I've got three boys, and yeah, unless they want me to play something with them on there, um, it's normally Super Mario World. So only <laughs> they're only young, so I'm on the switch with them. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I used to be like big on Call of Duty back in. Back in the Brighton days, all the lads would get online and we'd always have a good laugh on that. But yeah, well and truly gone those days now. I'm 45 tomorrow and I absolutely still love to this day Super Mario games. Honestly, I could play them all day. And we we get on it, me and my wife and my daughter, we play Super Mario Party and we play Mario. Honestly, Mm. they're the the best games. Like, they're the best fun. Never die. Yeah, Yeah. they're superb, aren't they? Mario Kart, yeah. It's a. no, as I say, like my boys love all that. So if they when they when they want to invite me on, I uh, just have to show them the ropes. You know, <laughs> there's uh, a couple of questions that have come on the uh, the message board as well. Actually, just off your quick fire ones there, Paul. So um, Dave Twines asked a couple. He said, uh, "Marcus, do you paint around the house?" Fucking <laughs> 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 known to. <laughs> uh, and then he's also said uh, he's serious questions. What do you think of VAR? Yeah, I don't like it at all. I really don't like it. Um, yeah, it just it just kills the momentum of the game, doesn't it? You know, one minute you've got the whole stadium celebrating, then they're waiting however many minutes yeah. to make a decision on whether it's a goal or not. I remember seeing. Um, Andre Mariner, you know, like when when VAR first got introduced, I saw him at the gym, and I said to him, I was like, "Do you think they'll ever scrap this?" Uh, you know, and it, he said, "Well, for one, he said, I hope not, because I'm I'm kind of involved in it." You know, at some it, that was back. This was years back. Um, he said, "But 
they'll never get rid of it just because the the amount of money they've pumped into it and and how the Premier League see it as an importance mm. um, to what they do. So um, yeah, it's it's not for me. It's just as I say, kills the momentum of the game, and I don't like all the waiting around. It's you know, yeah, scrap it. But I can't see that ever happening. Do you not think it's better though when you watch like Champions League or the World Cup, for example? Um, do you not think it's used better in other countries or in other tournaments other than the Premier League? Or do you think it's still the same? Um, I don't really know too much. I mean, I don't watch too much foreign football to kind of have a big enough mm. opinion on, on on how they do it. But um, no, I just I'm just not keen on it. Full stop. I think I think the. I used to love the talking points on match of the day of, oh, they've got this wrong. The referee's made this call and he's got it wrong or, you know, he's got it right. I, I used to like that. Mm. You, you, got, you used to go off the official's decision at that point and that was, that's how it was dealt with. Um, I just think, you know, like, it, it's, it's gone too far now. The fact you're pulling up a, an offside, someone's boot is offside or their big toes slightly offside. It's, it's gone too far and I, I'm not keen on it one bit but you know mm. that's the modern game for you isn't it I suppose we have to deal with it yeah mm. yeah I mean for me the thought of not having Maradona's handball again or you know um, that sort of thing and Thierry Henry's handball and you know he does take that out of the game like, and, and obviously the, the, anyone that dived that used to dive and I think back to David and Gog at Liverpool uh, which was one of the worst ones ever wasn't it when we look, when we give a penalty away at Liverpool for that so it's nice to think that that can't happen again. But I do agree, it does hold the game up too. They take too long, you know. Um, they shouldn't have the lines drawn, that's the problem. They should go with where the, what they do in other countries where they actually show, like, the bodies and then it's just like, mm. right, that's offside or not. Yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. because we draw lines, we, we're, we're a little bit behind everybody else. Yeah. It's a bit like that system in tennis, isn't it, that tells you whether the ball's in or out. Yeah, Hawkeye. Uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. could do exactly the same for offside. Right. And it'll tell you whether he's off, whether that player's offside or not. But as you say, they've probably spent too much money on it now. They're not going to. Uh, I don't, they're not going to change it. Are they? Yeah. No. Oh, millions. Go on, Alan. We're talking about computers here. Hmm. They work a thousand times quicker than the human brain. Just yeah. as soon as the ball hits the back of the net, hmm. that 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 machine should be telling the referee goal or not. You shouldn't have to have all this looking yeah. and waiting. Uh, it's a simple. It's a simple mathematical. Is the bloke here or is he there? End of story. Bang. Goal. Mm. No goal. Easy. Mm. Now, yeah. all the other subtleties, the, the handballs and the whatever, I, I understand that. They have to be looked at. But offside is, is, a, is, a, is a, linear, a linear process which could be done like that. And that's, that's, that's a mystery to me. As you say, in tennis, in cricket, they tell you like that, yeah. whether, whether something's in, out, whatever. Well, can't yeah. be done in football. They've got to look at the rule, though, for a handball, I think, because that's ridiculous. Um, you know, all this natural and natural position and all this, that and the other. It's uh, It could be just so much more simplified, so much easier, you know. Um, maybe if you, you if you raise your hands above your head and the, and the ball hits your arms or your hands, then that's, that's handball. But if you keep your arms down, you know, I, I don't know, because obviously you can't oh. jump, can't putting your arms up. So, it's, I don't know, it's a tough one. Isn't it? What, what, what was the handball? Sorry, I, I always remember when I when I when I did a bit of referee. I remember giving a penalty. There was a there was a wall and it took the free kick, and the ball would have hit the bloke in the uh, lower regions, and he put his hand over 
his lower regions and the ball hit it. And I gave a penalty. And he said I was protecting myself. <laughs> and I said, nothing in the rules says you can do that, son. You can't protect yourself with your hands. Yeah. You know, it's a penalty. You've deliberately put your hands there to stop the ball with your hand. End of. You, this uh, is a good question. Do you ever think we'll get we'll get to the stage where they're doing rugby, where you, you actually hear the hear the ref? This is from Nigel Mann. You, you hear the ref over the speakers. I need to. I think that would eradicate everything when they had it, like the Women's World Cup and they had it at others. I think mm. it just really helps you understand exactly what VAR was saying at the time. And I think in rugby, the only thing with, with rugby is that they actually respect the officials. Mm. Like they call them sir and they actually take everything that they say. So I think we'd have to change the whole dynamics of football for that. But I think it'd be great. I think it would be the best thing because then you know what's going on. Because I think that's the problem is that we wait five minutes. If you watch it on TV, you can tell. But when you're in the stands, you've got no idea what's going on and what's being said. Yeah, and that's wrong, isn't it? My, my mm. first experience of that was at the England game against Malta um, a few months back. And uh, obviously being... Blues, obviously, you know, we haven't had VAR yet at the Blues, have we? So, yeah, yeah. you know, it was my first experience of actually being in a game with it, and uh, yeah, that was that was the that was what I said to my mate. Like, that, that's wrong. We're, we're sat in the stadium, and people sitting at home watching it on the telly know more than what we do about what's going on, which is obviously wrong, isn't it? Crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, Benji Smith has raised the, you know, can you imagine being in a, a stadium in a major football tournament? You scored a goal in the last minute. You're all celebrating the winner, and then you realise, oh it's been rolled off for whatever reason and actually the justification is just 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 not there I, I think it's plain and simple VAR still is down to the interpretation of another individual and until they can make it totally electronic it's not going to work the way that we all want it to be mm. um, never going to be perfect is it no because it's interpretation what well, one person thinks is correct another person will say no and there's too much of that pulling the game back you know this this rule that they have over a period of time to investigate it and then they're stopping play so they call it back it just doesn't work the flow's not there you don't see it in rugby you don't see it in other sports tennis cricket all of those that have used very similar things answers are pretty quick and, and <clears> that's the way it should be for football as well otherwise it will ruin it yeah definitely back to you Marcus you on, you on Blues TV on Saturday mate for the Leicester game or anything uh, no, I'm not. No, we've got um, we've actually got Sheffield United away again um, coming up on Saturday. So uh, yeah, see, I'm uh, yeah committed to that. So um, yeah, it's it, it's always a tough one because obviously I love the job I do with the 16s and you know and, and within the within the club's academy. But I also love away games and going to home games and you know you can't you can't do it all. But especially when you're seeing. 5,000 tickets being sold if, oh, I'd love to be in that you know involved yeah. in that and just soaking up the atmosphere there but um, yeah obviously job, the job comes first mm-hmm. but that leads us nicely on to predictions then yeah. so give us your prediction Marcus uh, we'll start with you for Leicester away in the FA Cup on, on Saturday it's hard to vote uh-huh. with your you've got to vote with your obviously your head and not your heart obviously haven't we so yeah <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to go 2-1 um, Blues 2-1 Blues yeah, I think um, you know. It, I think we've all probably seen uh, you know in the last three games that it looks like we've turned a bit of a corner. Um, and obviously, when Leicester came to our place at St Andrews, that uh, you know you can see they're a quality side. But I feel like we, you know, we're we're, we're a different team to what we saw back then already. 
yeah, I'm going two one Blues. That'll do for me, Claire. Um, I'll take one one. Um, I'm looking forward to having a few more thousand of us go, and hopefully we can create the atmosphere. Last time we went um, with the noise level and things like that. So whoever's going, I'll see you there. But one one. Yeah, Mark Meredith. Yeah, I think I'm going to go for a draw as well. I'll, I'll probably go 1-1 one, one myself and then um, beat them in the replay. That'd be nice, Alan. Yes, I, I think I'm looking forward to a replay. Um, yeah. I, I, if we score two, it'll be 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, I'm going to go with the majority, actually, and go 1-1, one, one, as as has the, the vast majority of the, uh, the message board are all saying draws. Um yeah. 1-1 one, one to Tom Richardson. We've had two all Michael Woods. Um, Daniel Rowan said three all Benji Smith. One all, and then we'll win the replay 3-2. Uh, Pauline Newman is saying two all. Um, Nigel Mann, he said 6-0, but <laughs> Leicester. He said to Leicester. And then we've got um, a couple of others that have gone 2-1 Blues as well. So general positivity going into, into the game. Mm. Mark Adams, I'm going to say I'm going to say a sneaky one now to us. I think we got we're due we're due to have a big you know cup upset. It's been a while, so I might why not Saturday. I'm yeah. going to go one 0 Does, it, does anyone know? If, does it, sorry, Paul. Do you know if Vardy's fit? No, I was told as part of the interview today that Vardy is fit but wouldn't play no. ninety minutes. No, he'd be on the bench. I would have thought mm. we'll, we'll win one 0 anyway. So it don't matter. <laughs> 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 Get your prediction, and then I'll. I'm too scared to say mine now, but I'll, we'll come back to me then. Mm. <laughs> so, so I'm, I mean, I, I'm guessing it depends on on what team Leicester put out, really. But uh, oh, I'm I'm going to go for a a very close two nil to Blues. Well, okay. Well, it's actually on the Super Six on Sky Sports app this week, and uh, I went two one Leicester, but I can always change it. <laughs> 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 Um, Marcus, one of the questions we've had from Dave Buckley just before we finish is, as a player, could you actually tell whether the opposition were intimidated or felt intimidated by the Blues fans when they came onto the pitch? And um, how did it feel, you know, to be in that position if they were? Well, I, I, I don't know whether players actually get intimidated, but you're certainly aware of the noise. Um Obviously, when when going back to my time at going to, uh, playing at St Andrews, you were certainly aware of the noise that the, our fans would make. Um, but if if I look at you know going to other stadiums that, that I went to, like Ellen Road, a packed Ellen Road, I was never, I was, yeah, I never used the word intimidate. So it wasn't the crowd that scared me, but the atmosphere was always tough. Um, at somewhere like that and same goes for our place if if we've got something to play for and obviously back then it was Premier League days it, you know we, we'd make we'd make some noise and you know I always kind of look back and hope we get back to that point one day and, and we see St Andrews like we used to see it um, because it would like it would give you goosebumps when it when, when keep our arms belted out I mean, there's there's no place like it. Like um, it. That's just me speaking as a fan. But obviously, when you're on the pitch, you you're kind of focusing on the job you've got to do, and and you kind of 
less aware of the emotion of it, if, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm. You have you ever lost? Have you ever? Yeah, we're going to wrap up now, every Chris. Oh, sorry, yeah, have you ever? Yeah. Have you ever nearly lost yourself doing the co-coms, on Marcus on Blues TV, and like nearly swore or just lost? You know, we want to go, especially when Rooney was here. <laughs> I've been lost for words a few times. Yeah, <laughs> I've definitely been lost for words. Where um, obviously I. I work at the club and I, I, I never want to come across as that I'm overly negative. And at times, I, obviously, I've been in um, kind of doing the commentary for certain games where it's been very hard to find positives from it. Um, but I hope to think that I choose my words carefully and and don't completely rip into the players, you know, because obviously I've been there as a player and I know that I know it's never as easy as it looks. And obviously now I'm on the other side of it. I'm watching the game and oh, you know, he's got to do better there. But I understand when you're, you know, in that situation, it, it, it feels completely different. It's never as easy as it always seems to be from the outside. So yeah. um, I'll, I'm always kind of, I'll take the player side first, but there's certain things you can't defend. So, you, you know, anyone listening at home, they'll be, You've, you've got to be genuine otherwise they'll be like what's he talking about he's trying to defend yeah. that he's just missed from six yards out so yeah 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 to be honest to, to a degree yeah 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 anyone think we've gone into Fergie time now have you Chris it's all over mate <laughs> <laughs> so we've been the Tilton Talk Show thanks everyone for watching yet again and uh, as we said earlier this show was dedicated to the rain one of our own who we sadly lost on Friday so uh, it's good night from me and it's good night from Mark Meredith good night from me and it's a good night from Craig Courtney uh, it's a good night for me. It's a good night for Mark Adams. And before we do go there, good luck to the ladies midweek. Also on Sunday, let's get lots of people down there backing them and uh, continue that climb in the league. So, Mr. Mark Adams, over to you. Well, it's a good night for me, and it's a good night from Claire Giblin. It's a good night for me. Good night from Alan Watton. Why am I always last? Good night for me, and it's a good night for Marcus. Good night for me. Thanks for having me, everyone. Really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming on, mate. And it's good night from Chris Brown. Yes, it's good night oh, from sorry, me. Sorry, Chris. I should have. I should have brought you in then. Should <laughs> I? That's not doing that. Completely brilliant. job. Where were you in rehearsal? Where was he in rehearsal? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get the memo. You didn't get the memo, did you, mate? <laughs> I didn't get it after the previous five that had just teed that one up. Sorry about that. <laughs> I still think Peter Tilbor 19. Shut up! You can't even got three. Tibbly got you start. Has anyone got any shirts knocking about? <laughs> Marcus has got so many shirts. Yeah, I told you that as a boy, John. Actually, I did buy a shirt from Azerbaijan. This year's getting oh, better. Yeah. Oh, don't forget to get your friends. Yeah, I, I will have one by the end of the year. Keep telling you. It's your year, isn't it? It's your year. My year. It's my year. Yeah. What? The bus driver smiled at me. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry for you. Was he from Azerbaijan, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> the Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.